Our reading this evening is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 43 to 49. That's Luke, chapter 6, beginning at verse 43. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognised by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Thank you, Sue, and... Good evening, everybody. Let's just pray before we start. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Let me just pray now that as we, as we look at these two uh, short stories, that they will lead us closer to you. May we end this evening fruitier than we started it. Amen. A wop a lot bamboom. If you were at this morning service and you listened to Ben doing imitations of Elsa, uh, then you may feel that was a better effort, or you might not, uh, of Little Richard. Uh, 1955, I think it was, classic. Tutti frutti. Uh, Tutti frutti means all the fruits. Uh, it's an Italian ice cream. It's Everything mixed in, tasting good. And that's what we're going to be thinking about this evening. All the fruits, and where do they come from? Our roots. So maybe not tutti-frutti, maybe rooty-fruity tonight, but that's what we're going to be thinking about together. And and we're at the end of uh, a fairly long uh, talk uh, from Jesus, uh, recorded in Luke's Gospel. Uh, If you've got your Bibles, do keep them open. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 43 onwards. And he's got to the end of his sermon, and he wraps up with these two points, talking about fruits and roots, or trees and foundations. And we're going to start off by thinking about the the fruits. Uh, Verses 43 to 45 Uh, are the bit where Jesus talks about the fruit. He says, uh, no good tree bears bad fruit, (coughs) 
nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. And then verse 44, you'll see he says, a tree is recognised by its fruit. A little bit of context, he's been talking about hypocritical behaviour up to now, in the bit that we just, uh, just before this reading, Phil spoke about that uh, last week. Um, and now Jesus is saying, well, you can tell who's genuine by the way that they behave. And Jesus also said in the passage we looked at last week, don't be too quick to judge other people because we've all got our own problems. We had that illustration, didn't we, of the, of the speck in the eye and, and, the, and, and the plank. So when we look at this passage now, looking about fruit in our lives, well, we're not just looking at other people. We're going to apply this to ourselves. Now, actually, this is really all about the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Those of us who are on Alpha, uh, this week, you might remember uh, this picture uh, of Toby and his sponge, uh, putting it into the water and explaining that the Holy Spirit in our lives is a bit like this sponge and the water. You see, the water is in the sponge And the sponge is in the water. It's a very simple illustration, isn't it? But that is the point, isn't it? We are in Christ and his Holy Spirit is in us. And of course, when you squeeze the sponge, the water comes out all over the place. It's a a very simple illustration, isn't it? But what it says is that if we allow the Holy Spirit to keep filling us, then it will show in our lives. Look at verse 45, and it's the same sort of idea. What we do and say shows what we're like inside. It shows where our roots are. So when we have the Spirit of Jesus in our lives, we are going to be fruity. Now, the obvious question I think everybody asks when you get to that point of this passage is, well, what are these fruits? What are we talking about? And in fact, of course, Jesus doesn't tell us here, does he? But he does tell us through the rest of his word, through the rest of the Bible. And fruit in the Bible is nearly always to do with life. And, and joy and, and, and growth. Uh, this, is, um, this is a fig tree. I don't know whether you can see on the screen, but it's covered in figs. And uh, if you remember the old days when we were allowed to go on holiday, uh, Judith and I uh, used to stay in a, in a little cottage uh, on the edge of the, the seaside in Greece. And just by the edge of the beach, there's this tree. Uh, and every morning, go down for a swim before breakfast, and as we walk back, uh, just pick a few figs freshly uh, from the tree. And those figs were, were juicy and fresh and life-giving, and it was just a wonderful start to the day. And that's a sort of idea of the effect that fruit has uh, in the Bible. It's the sort of effect that 
believers in the Lord Jesus that we should be having on the world around us. Now actually the Bible is a little bit more specific than just say we should be like figs and fruity and juicy. I think if we look uh, into the scriptures, we find there are probably four types of, ooh, there we are, four types of fruit that we're going to come across very quickly. don't want to do reference overload here, but just to, just to get a sense of what Jesus is talking about. Uh, so Matthew 3, uh, John talks about fruit being in keeping with repentance. So this idea of being fruity, if you like, as a Christian, means we start with that right attitude to God. We turn around and we put our trust in the Lord Jesus. It involves repentance and it involves obedience. And then another fruit, in Colossians, Paul talks about Christians bearing good fruit in every good work. Doing good, in other words. Our fruit is in what we do. Uh, Matthew 21. Matthew 21, Jesus is talking about, about a vineyard and he talks about uh, when the vineyard is sort of, when the vines are ripe and everything's ready for the harvest. Uh, and the idea is that the vines, or the harvest in other illustrations, um, are new Christian believers. Perhaps the first fruit is another illustration. The fruit comes from what we say to others about Jesus and seeing people turning to him. And then, of course, there's a passage that Bible scholars, of you listening, will all know very well, Paul writing in Galatians, where he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control characteristics of of what it means to be a Christian and to have the Holy Spirit living in our lives. So the fruit that Jesus is talking about will be in all these areas. They start with repentance and obedience and then they'll work through in what we do and in what we are And in what we say. And those are the fruit that we look to. We look to see in our own lives. And we look to see in anyone. Who says they're a Christian. So this is the tricky bit isn't it? This is where we have to say. Okay well. This week. How have I done? As I reflect. On my life. As a Christian. Or maybe as I think about the coming week, how has that shown or will that show obedience to the Lord Jesus? And how does it play out in what I say and in what I do and in how I am, how I behave? And that's a little bit tricky, isn't it? Once we start asking ourselves those questions, it can get a little bit uh, uncomfortable because I guess All of us feel that we're not as fruity as we should be. We've fallen short. And if that's you, and it's certainly me, well, maybe just two things to think about as we reflect on that. It may simply be that we are not allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. 
maybe that's because we've just never put our trust in the Lord Jesus in the first place. We've never taken that first step of repentance and obedience. Well, that would be an easy thing to sort out right now, to be honest. Or, Or maybe the Holy Spirit is in our lives, but we just kind of ignore him. We put him to one side. Well, we can turn to Jesus now and say, Holy Spirit, just help us to live out as you would like us to live. I think the other thing we've got to remember is that actually we are work in progress. I'm going to get in trouble now because I'm going to go off camera, but never mind. Um, here we are, coming back. You can tell I've retired because I started trying to do geranium cuttings. And I've got no idea whether the camera can zoom in on that. But uh, this is about the best of my efforts. And even from a fairly long range, uh, it's pretty pathetic. To be honest, um, you wouldn't think there's any life there at all. But closer examination does just show just a tiny green shoot. There is life there doesn't particularly look like it, doesn't particularly feel like it, but I'm reassured when I look closely, there is life in my geranium, which I shall now put out the way. See, there is life showing there. So we may not be covered in fruit, like my Greek fig tree, but somewhere, when we allow Holy Spirit, to work in our lives, some fruit will begin to appear, even if it's no bigger than a a current. Calvin says, every day we try to follow the Lord, he says, no one will travel so badly as not daily make some degree of progress. And of course, that progress means applying this teaching in our lives, working it through. What does it mean to live out this fruit? And I think uh, right now for us, in, in lockdown, a lot of that has got to be to do with what we say, hasn't it? Well, how we communicate, because actually there's not much else we can do at the moment. So what we say, or text or whatever, is really important. I think if you look ahead, verse 47, Jesus talks especially about people hearing his words. That's how people still learn about him. But the question is, I suppose, as we think about this idea of being fruity, do they? Do they hear about the Lord Jesus from you and and from me? Look at verse 45. Verse 45, depending which translation you're using, it, it talks about the storehouse of our heart. In fact, the Greek word there, I didn't know this, I had to look it up, the Greek word is thesaurus. Uh, And if you've used Microsoft Word or anything like that, you know what a thesaurus is. It's that place you go that's just full of words and ideas uh, and suggestion. In fact, it's the same word that the the, uh, the Magi, when they open up their treasures, they open up their treasure chest, their treasure trove of gifts for Jesus. So our fruit, our words, come out of the storehouses, the treasure chests inside us. It's a good illustration, isn't it? It means when we're talking to someone at the moment, when we're zooming, when we're phoning, whatever we're doing, what what trinket are we taking out of this treasure chest 
of our heart? What trinket are we showing our friends? Because somehow, I don't know about you, I always end up talking about the virus and lockdown. It just dominates, doesn't it? And if I'm honest, I'm more obsessed with lockdown than the Lord in my conversation. And I think when people have been talking to me, I don't know whether it's the same for you, they probably remember more about jabs than joy. Just need to reflect, don't we, what we say, what we do, and what we are, they all reflect on how we're following Jesus. We just need to allow the Holy Spirit to ooze out of us. Well, Jesus moves on to talk about buildings. Uh, It's a simple illustration, verse 46 to 49. There are two buildings. I've got three here, but never mind. Two builders. Uh, One builds on rock. One builds uh, without foundation, or Matthew's version builds on sand. Uh, And and one house puts up with a storm, and one doesn't. Now, that's quite interesting, this, because this is almost a contradiction to what Jesus has said earlier. Because If you were to look at these two houses, they'd look identical, wouldn't they? The difference is what's going on in the foundation or in the roots. And perhaps as a little bit of an aside, but it's probably worth noting that, of course, people can be nice and, and people are good, do do good things and so on, but aren't necessarily Christians. You don't have to be a Christian to be nice. And it's probably, therefore, just important to think that those fruit start with repentance and obedience. And we should see, then, all the fruit worked out in our own lives, starting with repentance and then working through in what we do and what we say and what we are. Anyway, verse 47, Jesus says, Everyone who comes to me, who hears my words and put them into practice, is going to be a house, like a house that can't be shaken. I think it's easy to uh, read this as though Christians somehow are are like super tankers, just charging through whatever storm uh, comes their way, uh, just blasting through a hurricane uh, unaffected. And I think if you take it like that, the chances are you're going to feel even worse about yourself when those times come along. Because the truth is, even disciples have meltdowns. There are times when we, when we collapse, uh, when we just cry out like the psalmist did, how long, O oh Lord, how long? Or, or when we mess up and we have to say, against you, Lord, only have I sinned. This isn't a promise of turning us all into a bunch of superheroes. Jesus is with us in the storm but the storm will affect us. So, what is he saying? Look at verse 46. Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do what I say? You see, he's talking to people who who sound very earnest. Not just say Lord once, I say Lord twice. I'm, I'm very sincere. But Jesus says, no, you're not. Not really. There's no commitment there. There's no foundations there. 
don't know whether you remember this place. Um, I think those of you remember Mark Redhouse's wedding. I think he had his reception here. Uh, the Sackville Hotel uh, on the seafront, in Hove Seafront. Um, looked great. But it's not there anymore. They're building a block of flats where it used to be. Because a few years ago, a sinkhole opened up beneath it and it just collapsed in. The foundations gave way and it was destroyed. And the foundations we need, Jesus says, are a living, active faith based on obedience, on obeying the Lord. That's his final word. Jesus isn't actually saying here, I am the rock. That may be true, but that's not his point. What he's saying is that our foundations are in obedience, in doing what Jesus says. And that will be a life that bears fruit. Look at verse 46. Do what I say, Jesus says. He says, don't bother doing the religious bit. Don't just come along to church because you feel you have to and think it's achieving something. Don't call yourself a Christian if you're not prepared to obey me. Starting with repentance. And that matters, it really matters because these floods and these torrents, they will come along. Look at verse 48, 49. This is, this is a serious situation. He's not talking about, you know, a, a, a mild wind, a force three or something like that. You know, we, we do have huge issues in our lives, many of us, coping with terrible things. We have money troubles, there are family tensions, sleepless nights, serious health worries, all sorts of things. But, you know, they won't last for eternity. They will pass. But there is one storm that brings complete destruction, like the Sackville sinkhole. And that storm is death. It's something uh, that we're talking about much more, isn't it? We're facing up to it more, perhaps, than we ever have done a while. But that seems to be what verse 49 is talking about. Um, if, you, if you sort of unpick the verse and in, 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 in look at the, the underlying Greek, and I tried to work it out, you, you could translate this verse as something like, um, the house was a complete write-off. It collapsed. It disintegrated completely and was utterly destroyed. Jesus sort of tumbles lots of words together to say, this is complete annihilation. You see, just being religious... Or just saying Jesus is a great teacher, Jesus says, I'm not really impressed by that. I quoted a bit of Calvin earlier. I quite, decided I quite like Calvin. He's got some wonderful phrases. And he describes people who, who perhaps talk about Jesus like that as flimsy sophists who are content to let the gospel play upon their lips. It's a great phrase, isn't it? I love that phrase. Flimsy sophist. I shall use it more often. But, it means you may sound good, but there's no substance behind our words. You see, we need to come to Jesus, we need to hear his words, and we need to put them into practice. Let me wrap up. If we want life in all its fullness, now and, and for eternity, and we don't just go through the motions. We don't just say, Lord, Lord. We obey him. We show him 
that we mean it and we repent of our attitude, we turn to him and then just allow the Holy Spirit to keep filling us and work in us and that will show. That will show in the fruit. You know, flimsy sophists don't have firm foundations but believers are safe as houses on a rock even when facing death. And that is great news to which we can say, Alleluia, Amen, and even a what bop a loom bop a lot bamboo.